Stampede. Garner isn't number 56. Recorded 719 2020. If you think everything is going to end well, guess again, because all the posted signs are suggesting trouble, real painful trouble, is just around the corner. Some may say it's already arrived. Nobody wants to hear about doom and gloom, especially when there's an invisible killer out there that could snatch you away at any time. So there's good reason to be concerned about the future. Things have changed, and there are a lot of people who want to convince you that all you need to do is keep consuming. Consuming will keep the good times rolling along. Well, this chicken little has been telling you the sky has been falling for a long time now, well before COVID-19 came to this country. And you know why I say that? Because I never had to live like most of you people. 
I was always protected, immune from having to participate like the rest of America. I guess you could say I lived in a paradise, isolated, free from the way most people live. I could sit in a forest and watch the rest of humanity race about trying to convince each other they were happy. I didn't have to live like you do, but I could see what you were becoming. So when I say I see trouble, it comes from a different perspective. And big trouble has arrived, and it may get worse. I'm sure there are a lot of you who would like me to tell you you're going to be all right. Well, I think I would be lying to you if I did that. Maybe some of you would like me to tell you a few jokes to make you laugh so you don't have to think about what you sense is happening around you. Let's face it, there are a lot of concerning things that would make even the most battle-hardened warrior weep. Maybe I should review some of the facts that have been putting a dark cloud over the shining city on a hill you've been promised.
Well, if for some reason you aren't aware of what's been happening, allow me to revisit some of the facts as I know them. So let me start with that very small virus that's killed over 140,000 people in this country within the last six months. At this point, I've lost count of the number of deaths worldwide. The numbers have been large. And I really shouldn't downplay that because pandemics have a funny way of exacerbating age-old conflicts, turning them into hot military actions. But I'll concentrate on what's happening here in America. So the issues surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic are many, but at this point, two main approaches have been at play. At first, everybody was quarantined, attempting to isolate the spread of this disease. The other approach has been to allow people to continue with their lives by social distancing, washing their hands frequently, and wearing a mask. If you come down with this disease, there is no medication to mitigate it, nor a vaccine to eradicate it. So, To the first point, self-quarantining and perhaps mandated quarantines by public health order have had a profound effect on our society. Lots of businesses have had to close down, and this has caused unemployment of over 40 million people. Schools and universities have been shuttered. Collegiate and professional sporting events have stopped, leaving stadiums empty. Classes have been conducted online, leaving students learning by virtual education at home. Some segments of the country were first hardest hit, with New York City overwhelmed with unprecedented medical emergencies and deaths. It appears recently the disease continues to be transmitted even though deaths have temporarily decreased. The elderly and people with immune deficiencies are most vulnerable. The young are least affected. Municipalities and states have been at risk financially, caused by a drop in tax revenue and the increased demands placed by public employees, airlines, and leisure travel, with cruise ships being nearly completely shut down. Countries have closed their borders. Immigration has been put on hold. Large-scale testing for infection rates have resulted with over 30 million people being tested. Meanwhile, the government has attempted to restart the economy by distributing money to businesses and individuals. The other approach for dealing with this pandemic has been to open up and reduce quarantining, telling Americans to go back to work. Workers have died in large centers for processing food, 
which resulted in temporary shortages. In the midst of a political season, politicians have continued to debate about opening up schools for learning in classrooms. In other words, proceeding to live with this disease while continuing your life as before and go back to work. Now, COVID-19 is in and of itself a crisis and by all measurements is a historic event and is going to leave long-term financial effects. But it's not the only event rocking this country. Protests, both peaceful and violent, have broken out with large numbers of people, primarily young people, taking to the streets in almost every major city. Grievances originating from racial injustices, police brutality, the destruction of historical symbols connected to our past slavery, and the Civil War, looting of businesses, the destruction of police headquarters, and the occupation in Seattle, the taking over of a section of the Metropolitan Center being met with little resistance. People have been seriously injured and even killed across the country. Police officers have been attacked. And each weekend, black neighborhoods in several large cities experience murders as a result from black-on-black crimes. Protests demand the defunding of the police, while police officers are resigning in record numbers in various cities. That's just a few of the things that have been going on for the last five or six months. So when I say there's trouble here, it's no exaggeration. And you should expect what's been happening to continue. A vaccine may reduce this crisis. But it should be clear to everyone, serious damage has occurred and may signal a major change in living in this country. Stress, psychologically, economically, and physical health are going to cause unprecedented behavior. When they begin, they begin. Quiero sentir las cosas de siempre Quiero saber si tú aún me quieres Quiero volver When they begin the beginning, it brings back the night of tropical splendor. It brings back a memory of a green. When they begin the beginning, it brings back a memory of a green. 
brings back the sound of music so tender It brings back a night of tropical splendor It brings back a memory evergreen When they begin It brings back the sound of music so tender Brings back a night of tropical splendor Brings back a memory When they begin the beginning It brings back the sound of music so tender It brings back a night of tropical splendor It brings back a memory evergreen When they begin the beginning It brings back a sound of music so tender It brings back a night of tropical splendor It brings back a memory evergreen you once more under the stars and down by the shore and the orchestra's playing and even the poems seem to be swaying when they begin Now, I'm not going to mince words here. There are some people I don't like. And to say the violence that has occurred in this country in the midst of an historic health crisis resulting with over 140,000 people dead and more to come, I'm not the only one that's taken notice there's going to be blowback for what's been happening on the streets. Maybe there are politicians concerned for their own careers ending if real force is applied to put a stop to the chaos. Americans might look unfavorably with soldiers in the streets. Once when I was in Panama City, in the country of Panama, by the Panama Canal, I was struck by what was clearly a psychological effect by soldiers placed at nearly every street corner. But what was most amazing was that obviously these soldiers had been recruited from the same village or extended families because every soldier looked exactly alike. You'd walk to one street corner and there was a soldier, and walked to the next street corner, 
and both appeared exactly the same. The effects were obvious. Psychologically, order was everywhere. Whether there existed real order in Panama City was another issue. But seeing soldiers walking the streets in American cities might not go over very well. However, order is going to be called for. And for me, I don't like people destroying art. I don't like violence. I don't like looting. Arsonists especially when it's said they do it in the name of injustice. I have to admit, I see a lot of injustice, but I don't like people who threaten what I consider important. I don't like consumerism because I believe it teaches the wrong values. It fosters violence, deception, and greed. And it manipulates people to conform to be used like a slave. I don't like that. I believe in creativity, not destruction for injustices. No, I believe in respect, and I treat everyone with respect. But there are some things I don't like, especially if I believe I'm being threatened.
I belong to a culture, albeit an imperfect culture. I think freedom of expression is important, but I don't like people who would spit in my face. Once in Florida, when at a gas station, I told a man who was smoking a cigarette while pumping gas, it was dangerous doing that. He spat in my face. I don't like some people who threaten the way I live. So I confess there are some people I don't like. I do like certain food to eat, but I've seen animals butchered in real time. And I question that. I like looking at 15th century Dutch paintings. I like seeing prehistoric cave drawings. I love handmade oriental rugs by tribal women from the Middle East. But I don't like women being treated like a piece of property. No, my culture is imperfect, but I can make distinctions. The facts are I don't like some people, especially if what they do endangers what I think is beautiful. Now, I've shied away from talking about injustices because I can see a lot of injustices. I don't think you should tell me how to think, especially if I'm different than you. I don't believe everybody should think the same. And I'm not sure all people can be treated the same. I treat people with respect, but I don't like people who don't know how to respect the way I think. I belong to a culture, and it's an imperfect culture. And there are a lot of people who belong to a different culture than mine. And I can see their imperfections, because I can think freely. I don't like propaganda to make me think about injustices, when in fact you create injustices every day by the way you live. Don't protest about that, because if I lived in your culture, injustices would run rampant. Don't try to tell me I'm bad and you're good because you see my injustices. When you live in the midst of injustice, don't Talk to me about my faults when I see your own faults. And you try to pretend you don't have any faults. You can't handle the truth. And nothing is the same. When they begin, they begin. Quiero Las cosas de siempre Quiero saber Si tú aún me quieres Quiero volver A empezar This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Artie Shaw's composition Nightmare, recorded in 1938. Next, you heard Shaw's rendition of Begin the Begin, which recognized him as one of the great clarinetists of the big band air. 
1935, while traveling by ship from Indonesia to Fiji in the South Pacific Ocean, Cole Porter composed Begin the Begin. It was first performed without much notice in the Broadway musical Jubilee, but it wasn't till Shaw made it into a big band swing arrangement that it became popular, the best-selling record in 1938. You then heard a collection of shortcuts of Begin the Began, closing with Tommy Dorsey's Song of India, a 1937 recording. And finally, another cut of Begin the Began. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.